faithwire.com. The story of how those Haitian missionaries escaped their captors is nothing short of a Hollywood action flick. Today's Tuesday, December 21st, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have that top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them all from a Christian perspective. That's what we do here. You can find us on iTunes. Go ahead and give us a subscribe. We are a we are a Christian outlet, Billy Hallowell, who's joining me uh, as yeah. well. And you just don't get... I, I feel like I can't say this enough. You just don't get Christian perspective on the news. No. Really they anywhere. They don't make them like us. They don't make them like us. No, they don't make them like us. But even, you know, outlets that would be more friendly to the Christian faith, even they kind of see things more through a political lens than a Christian lens. And so that's what we try to do here is give you the news, but then still have hope at the end of the day because God's in control. We can see God moving in these details. Um, and even this story that I'm going to lead with today, Billy, about the Haitian missionaries and their incredible escape. When you look at the Associated Press, the first report about it, they skip out all of the comments that the that the uh, spokesperson for the for the ministry made about how they prayed, about how they relied on God. Which is the actual story. Which is the actual story. And they skipped all that. Uh, and so, um, anyway, so all that to say, follow us if you'd like to go through the crazy news of the day with fellow Christians. There I said it, um, and we're off and running. So I told you the story I got coming up. What are you, what are you looking at today, Billy? All right, so I've got a couple of stories. The first one is actually fascinating. The Exorcist, the book and the movie, um, very well-known film, obviously, from 1973, the real-life inspiration. Mm. So the little boy whose story inspired the novel and then the movie, his identity has been revealed after decades. And so we're going to talk a little bit about wow. that. Wow. Was that known that it was true, like a true story, or is that sort of a new it's no, it's known, but I think most people don't know it. It's out yeah. there. It's talked about at Halloween. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like talked about at Halloween here or there. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's a really wild true mm. story, alleg allegedly true story as well. All right, and um, we are gonna uh, cover that also. I'm gonna have another story, Billy, on what they're planning to do with all of the border wall construction materials that have been gathering on the border that gathered under Trump. And then the Biden administration was kind of in limbo of what to do with it. We're going to have an update on that uh, mm. as well. And uh, do you have one coming up on Denzel? Is that right? I do. I do. Denzel Washington. People love Denzel. Well, how could you not love Denzel? I mean, Denzel's <laughs> a really interesting yeah. guy. He's yeah. not just a good actor. He's he's a fascinating guy and he's somebody who has been speaking out about his faith yeah. more and more uh, so we're going to be talking about um it's not so much of a faith story as much as it is he he teared up on the late show talking about his late mother who passed away earlier mm. this year and so we'll talk a little bit about that exchange and and why he why he cried all right all sounds good and we are going to start here with story number one and that is the christian missionaries who were kidnapped abducted in haiti back in october and uh, they'd been there a few of them i think five had been released over the weeks that they were there well it was reported a few days ago on cbn and faithwire that they had been released that they were free now that they were on their way home and so everybody celebrated that but now uh christian aid ministries they gave a press conference this yesterday 
And uh, they revealed the details of how these missionaries were freed and they were not released. They escaped captivity and it insane. really, it's insane. It sounds like something straight out of a, a movie. It's actually just really wild. And so they had been praying, as I mentioned at the top, um, they knew that it was going to be dangerous and quote, they sought God over and over again, seeking direction from him. They had kids with them they, that obviously c couldn't make this decision. Some of them were very young, so too young to, you know, be able to make a decision on a vote, you know, to have it count. So, that, but their lives were under under risk as well. But they had, after quote much discussion and prayer, they became solidly united that God seemed to be leading them this way toward an escape. And um, they sought specific signs from God, and and they said God confirmed over and over that the timing wasn't right. Yet then, on the night of Wednesday, December fifteenth, they sensed that the timing was right. They found a way to open the door that was closed and blocked, they filed silently to the path that they had chosen to follow. They had recognized um, a, a, I guess, a big hill or a little mountain. Um, some parts of Haiti are pretty pretty hilly and mountainous even. And I guess they just had recognized w one place when they got a chance to look out. And so they kind of knew the way they were going to go. And um, so they snuck out in the middle of the night. There were guards all over the place, but they managed to sneak past them and i'm just gonna stop right there billy you have kids i have kids i think they had a 15 month old with them and even just younger kids how they kept them quiet i have no idea yeah i, mean, I motrin did they have motrin with them and just knock the kids out like what did they do how do you keep well, a 15 you think about carrying a baby out, right? Oh, and gosh. You're thinking, and you're thinking, even trying to, that initial escape, opening the door, leaving, the chances of a child not making any noise during oh. that, I mean, it's it's all God, I feel like. It really yeah. is the fact they were, and, and the guards were right there, right? Yeah, so, and if a baby just started crying, I mean, let's say they made it out 100 yards out, and then a baby started crying. Well, they they would they would have gone in and checked, and they would saw that, see them gone. I mean, just remarkable stuff here. And so... Um, in the press conference, they said that they did recognize a mountain feature uh, that they had identified in previous days. And so they knew that was the direction they needed to go. And they followed the, quote, sure guidance of the stars as they journeyed through the night towards safety. And so um, it took them hours. They, 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 they don't know exactly how many miles they went because of the nature of the terrain, but they said it was several miles. And so um, they're apparently all now in good shape. And... Um, they had presented the gospel to these captors multiple times, told them to repent of what they were doing. Um, and so, man, I mean, you just look at this and they had this nudging. They called it the sense that God was nudging them to attempt an escape. Which is the story, again, just to emphasize. That is, to me, yes. that is the story. Yes. And they said over the time of their captivity, God gave various hostages a desire to attempt and escape, even though they knew it would be dangerous. And so that's why they continued to pray. That's why they continued to deliberate. They wanted to have unity on that decision, which is remarkable because I can only imagine. I mean, you see this, Billy. I, I remember during Sandy when power was out, people were freaking out over gas lines and they were fighting over gas cans and stuff. And so when you're in a desperate situation to have the calm and the peace of mind and the presence of mind, to, to, to wait until you have some unity on the decision when it's life or death. I think that's really remarkable, really remarkable that they were able to do that. And um, we're going to hear more. And, you know, we've been reaching out at CBN 
Um, and when they're ready to talk, hopefully we'll get to talk to some of these people that were there. Um, we saw them in, in the video that we have on Faithwire and CBN and YouTube. Uh, you can see them singing. They're singing worship songs afterwards, and they, they seem like they're in good spirits. Um, so, uh, you know, why does it matter? I mean, it's just, just a fascinating uh, tale here. And, you know, I can't wait to hear these testimonies from these people as they, you know, hopefully eventually get ready to tell it um, because it's, it, it's really, it's really, like I said at the top, something out of a movie. It It is. And, you know, to me, I often think in such a, a material world, you know, we forget that God is there and he's listening yeah. to us and he's giving us messages. I found it really compelling that they each, you know, felt that, that they each felt prompted. And then they came together at some point and they had that conversation of we're all feeling like God's telling us to try to make an escape. And the fact they were able to do it gives credence, lends credence to what they were feeling, I think. And they were able to do it, as we were saying, with a baby. Uh, it's it's definitely a Hollywood movie, but more importantly than anything else, it's a Christmas miracle, really. I mean, it really is. It's yeah. just it's, yep. it's an incredible reminder to me of God's sovereignty and that he's there for us, even in our most difficult times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so that brings us to... The demonic realm. Here we go. Um, Demon wire. So Billy Hallowell. No, I'm just so, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, uh, well, you know, here we are. So basically, <laughs> this story is really intriguing to me because, as you know, I wrote a book and, and you guys covered it here <clears throat> as well at Faith Wire, Playing With Fire. And, you know, I, I looked at a lot of different stories of possession. And one of them that I've always found really captivating is the claims surrounding The Exorcist. Most people know The Exorcist because of the novel. They know it because of the film, even more so. And it's something that since 1973 has really terrified a lot of people. And, you know, pushing aside all the feelings about horror movies and, and that sort of genre, there is apparently a real-life story behind the movie. And in the movie and in the book, it's a little girl, but in real life, it was apparently a little boy. And up until today, yesterday, um, that person went by Roland Doe or Robbie Manaheim. Those were the pseudonyms that this little boy went by. Mm. And this was a situation, and we have this over at Faithwire, so you can actually read the story. I won't go into all the details. It was in 1949, so a long time ago. Little boy exhibits symptoms of being possessed. The family gets priests involved. There's a series of possessions, and What's really interesting about this case, you know, somebody could say, oh, I went through this thing and you've just kind of got their word. You had numerous witnesses and people who actually kept journals, the priests who were involved in this. And those journals detail some really horrific things about what was apparently going on during those exorcisms, mm -hmm. during this little boy's, you know, struggle. Now, point two the big reason why this is in the news is because for the first time, those pseudonyms have been blown out of the water and we actually have a name. Hmm. And the purported name of this person is Ronald Hunkler. And Ronald Hunkler did not want his name known. I mean, so for decades, this was a secret. Only the journalists who investigated it or the people, you know, the priests who were involved in it, they kind of took this to their grave. There were some people over the years who found the name, but it really did not go widespread. And on Monday, there were numerous outlets who reported on this. The New York Post was one of them. And they reported that Ronald died last year. And so now that he's dead, they're releasing his name and it's out there. And there are some facts in the story that I find especially intriguing. He went on, and this was something we always knew. The priest said, oh, this boy went on to live a normal life. He got married. He had kids. 
And, you know, that's that. He was actually a NASA engineer, which mm. is really interesting. And, you know, he can't speak for himself here, but there's a woman who's unnamed who spoke to the New York Post. And she gave a number of details about his story that I found really fascinating. The first was that he believed he was not possessed. As he got older, he said, oh, it was all concocted. I was just a, a bad boy. Um, that was sort of his take on it. And I think a lot of people on the secular side are going to seize on that and say, see, he wasn't. It was all made up. But what you do have, again, on the other side of this is a treasure trove of witness testimony mm. that doesn't necessarily add up to, oh, he was just a bad kid. Uh, and he and he shunned religion, it sounds like, um, from what we see from what this person who I think was in a relationship with him for 29 years. So they were fairly close. Um, so anyway, there, there's a lot of other details there. But the one that I have to share that I did find actually very eerie was that the woman who you know was in a relationship with him was speaking about his life and his death. And she said, you know, the one thing that was kind of odd, this priest showed up as he was dying and they didn't call any priests to the house. He was dying at home. He had a stroke and the priest showed up and gave him, you know, last rites. And she said, I have no idea how the father knew to come, but he got, but he got Ron to heaven. And then she said, you know, Ron's in heaven and he's with God now. So, you know, there, people would have some issues, I think with the theology. Yeah. There, but, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, that this priest showed up. So anyway, why does it matter? It matters because this is a, a very real issue. Obviously scripture tells us about possession and this is a story that has really, in a lot of ways, the exorcist story transformed not only Hollywood and the horror genre, but the way that people look at the demonic. The reason it scared people was because it was such an intense film based on this kid's you know, purported story. So mm. it's very interesting, and I, I love a good mystery solved, and it looks <laughs> like this mystery has been solved. Yeah, and that's, I mean, let's hope that, that this guy actually did believe before he, um, before he did pass away because... As you as you mentioned, Billy, with the theology, you gotta you gotta believe before you die. You get you right. you know this is uh, I would nobody just can read, push over that finish line. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> like that's let's re, let's read our Bibles, people. That's uh, but uh, anyway. So um, I uh, I did not know that this was based on on a true story. Uh, you know, I just because I I mean I, I hadn't do dove too far into the Exorcist sort of world I, I just remember the movie being absolutely terrified by it when i when i was younger and i and i saw it um and it's just uh you know again i hope that he did did come to faith there towards the end but um man what a what a yeah. wild scene there then you, you got the pastor the, the priest showing up just out of That's nowhere weird. so it's, it's it is weird. very it's all very weird i mean the whole story is very weird but but demon possession like like you said i mean it's and in your book you've chronicled this so well that that um you know it's 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 not some crazy concept no right? it's i mean not, you know i was not. i was just reading in luke where where you know that the whole section where jesus you know that comes up and you know who who are you and then we're legion and then they beg to go into the to the swine over there on the field, and then they all run into the water and drown. Like, I mean, this stuff happens, right? Like, this is, you know, if you believe yeah. in, if you believe what it says in the Bible, like this happened, and and we have to take that seriously, right? Like, this is, you know, demon possession is a real thing, and we it kind gets of weird. It gets weird because people make it weird, right? Yeah. And, and I think there are people who make things up. And look, maybe it's possible this story wasn't a real story, but when you read, I mean, he broke a priest's nose. There were letters appearing on his body. I mean, there's some bizarre things yeah. in that where, you know, again, 
just because his case might not be real though doesn't mean that other ones are right. not real. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's not a yeah, one one doesn't disprove the other. Absolutely not. Yeah, so Exactly. Um but we can always count on you, Billy, to give us the demon updates, you know. <laughs> demon wire. Uh, demon wire. No, I'm just kidding. I am just kidding. It is, it is fascinating stuff. And uh, if you want to read about it, head on over to faithwire.com and, and check it out. All right. Let's let's uh, let's go to story number three here. And um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a reason I want to bring this up. And it is the Department of Homeland Security's announcement yesterday that it's going to use border wall funds to close some unfinished gaps in the wall that Trump had started. But then Biden's going to shut down all construction. Uh, um, well, he shut down all the construction on the wall when he entered office on January 20th. And, and so some of those sections were were incomplete. Um, but the plan does not include the construction of additional miles of wall. Um, but just again, would close those small gaps that remain open from prior construction activities. So um, but they did also say that they're... Um, planning to use the border funds to protect communities from physical dangers resulting from the previous administration's approach to border wall construction. Um, and so, but they're not going to, with, with the extra materials there, um, they are going to end up just uh, getting rid of those extra materials, which I, I kind of found uh, interesting that you've got all these materials down there um, and, you know, apparently they're just going to go whatever's left over is just going to go to waste. And so, um, but they are filling in those gaps, you know, which is interesting um, uh, as well. But um, so the battle will go on on this one, Billy, on the, on the border wall, um, because it's, it's, as you know, a hot button issue. Trump made it a big staple of his administration that they were going to, you know, focus on, you know, putting that wall up and making sure we protect our borders. And um, obviously, wasn't able to quite finish that you, you know got a bunch done but wasn't able to finish that and and biden you know is under pressure not to put up the wall um but then he also has all these pot this piles of stuff there um so what do you do with that um <laughs> and, you know so so it's this competing narratives that are going on but the reality of people trying to come into the border and um so so that's the story going on right now with these materials that has been an con issue of contention. Um, they're going to dispose of those unused materials, which is, you know, kind of a waste. But uh, good, use, good use of resources. Yeah. Right. And so um, the the other reason I wanted to bring this story up is because of what we're going to talk about tomorrow, which is a great story that CBN's George Thomas has done with a I'll just tease it with this. It's a it's a couple that was very faithful um, the gentleman had a received what he called a dream, a vision from God that he had to plant a church in a border town. Uh, it's 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 in Mexico, but close to the border uh, with the United States, and it's in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's just this was back in I think 2011, or it was it was at least a decade ago where he had this vision, this dream that that God was telling him. He felt very strongly that I need to go, and we're going to build a church there. I don't know why. He said there was only like chickens and some goats and cows and a lot of need. That's all there was. There wasn't many people. There wasn't much of anything there. Well, now here we are over 10 years later and all of these migrant influxes happen. And so hit this church that he built in the middle of nowhere, all of a sudden, all these people just started flooding to it. So uh, and then now they're getting saved there because he ended up 
housing a lot of these migrants. So it's a fascinating story. We are going to talk to George Thomas, who was there. Uh, and so I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to cover that one and tease that one. But uh, in the meantime, today, that's a hopeful story. But what we're left with today is the reality that um, some of these gaps are going to get closed in the border wall that Biden's going to do, but they are going to leave the wall unfinished and abandon some of these materials uh, that have been paid for and are just sitting there uh, at, at the border. I mean, just, I guess, I guess for me, trying to understand why it's so controversial to try to protect the border, it seems like, I mean, it seems to me when you look at the Constitution, it's actually one of the things that the president is tasked with doing for protecting the country, right? Yeah. And so, so it's been interesting. It's unfortunate that these things end up becoming so partisan because, you know, closing up holes, great, but but why not? Why not attempt to finish this? Why not attempt to protect? And I'm not even. I mean, I'm just trying to understand why there's such a pushback on something that seems like a basic concept. I mean, people do it around right. their homes, especially if you've paid for the material, right? Like, right. why would you? You know, if you're going to reside your house or something, and and you you order the siding and it's all piled up around your house, and then you're just like, nope. We're not going to do it and I'll just burn the siding, I guess. Like what? I mean yeah, that's that's crazy. how people who uh are not spending their own money behave. Right. right. Well, and yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, let's say let's say Trump or somebody else like Trump comes into office, uh, you know, these materials are just going to be repurchased again and and it's going to probably start up again. I could totally see this project right. not being done it's a again these things volley back and forth and it's yeah. a waste of resources really it is it is but but why does it matter i mean it, it matters because i think the human element of it um is is where a lot gets lost in the narratives and the back and forth and the politics of it all which is really sad because there are real human lives at stake here and on the one hand you know you have maybe a message that some say is too callous and then on the other hand, you have this message of just, hey, everybody come over here. And then you that leads people to false hope. And they and even the Biden administration is not going to let you in. And so uh, these people are making these dangerous treks because of that. So in the midst of all the political rhetoric, you have real lives being impacted. Uh, and so um, it's it's really a situation we need to be praying for because there are no easy answers, despite what people say. I just build a wall. It's all going to be fixed. Well, I mean, we've all seen the security videos. People come with fences or ladders and they just climb right over them. So and then they'll jump over the other side. They don't care if it's 30 feet. They'll take a broken leg and head into America. Um, so it, it's a complicated issue and we need to be praying for it for sure. It is. It is. You, you can't just put a wall. You got to have you've got to have other resources. And it's not it's not easy. There's no simple yeah. answer. No, it, it would be nice if both parties could come together and come up with a solution, wouldn't it? It would be. be very nice. ah, I would be nice. dare to dream. Maybe in 2022, Billy, maybe it'll happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, I'm sure. <laughs> Leading up to the midterms, there'll be kumbaya. Um, all right. So our, our last story is about Denzel Washington, as we teased earlier on. Um, and this one is a really just it's a nice story because when you get a chance to get that lens into who somebody is, who a celebrity is, you know, we've heard a lot from Denzel Washington about his faith. Um, but this December 15th appearance on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, Colbert started asking him about his mom and Denzel was sharing that his mother died earlier this year. And he said a number of things. Uh, he said, you know, a mother is a son's first true love. A son, especially that first son, is a mother's last true love. 
And then he paused and he started to, you know, choke up. And he actually said, I'm getting choked up. Sorry. Um, and so he talked about his mom. He said that, you know, his mom was there for everything. And then she went home. And that use of the word home, you know, as believers, we know mm-hmm. what he means there. He, mm-hmm. He's talking about heaven. Um, and he was brought up in in faith. And it's funny. They, they had some funny moments, too. You know, as he's tearing up, he said, I didn't even cry at my mom's funeral. And here I am crying on the late show. And Colbert is like, well, why do you think that is? He's like, I guess I saved it up for you. And so they had, <laughs> you know, they had kind of a, a really nice exchange. And you can watch that over at Faithwire. And Colbert even gets him a tissue. And so that was uh, that was kind of nice to see. But, you know, why, why does it matter? I think it matters because, you know, you remember that when you see these things, you remember that celebrities are human beings. And, and not only just that fact, but somebody like Denzel, you know, he's a, he's a believer. He's a Christian. So he's, mm-hmm. he's an emotional guy reflecting on the love that his mother gave him and that he had for her. And so you know, these are nice moments when we get a chance to reflect on them. So it was kind of fun to, to yeah. cover that one. Well, yeah. And um, I mean, look, I don't, apparently everyone here in our CBN audience and Faithwire audience, apparently they all love Denzel. I mean, apparently this is a common theme. Um, yeah. and people are very, very much, uh, look, the guy's a great actor. We all know that he he's phenomenal. Um, but he has been outspoken about his faith. And I think that's why people appreciate him. Here's an A-list celebrity actor. I mean, he is an A-list bonafide certified all the rest. Like there is no doubt about it. This guy is A-list and he, he's pretty bold about his faith. I mean, he's not, he won't shy away about it, you know, and he doesn't, slink away i mean he's not he's not billy graham out there but at the same time he does way more than than the average christian probably in hollywood i mean maybe you got him and and uh, like a chris pratt type up there who are willing to to call themselves believers in christ and put that out there on the line which honestly i think is a brave thing i, I really do think that's a brave thing these days oh a hundred percent look what happened to chris pratt i yeah, mean they try to cancel yeah. him at every moment nobody tries to can i have not seen people trying to cancel denzel yet well and i think i think that it's interesting because he goes even further he talks about spiritual warfare i mean that's yeah. not a term you're using unless you're a very solid right christian yes right? like i mean so yeah i think with chris pratt it i don't know why it's different and maybe denzel will face that at some point but he's also so big that i think it, you can't take that tightened down so easily so yeah and uh, look i think all of this to say is that denzel if you're listening to this obviously yeah, you should you should join the podcast you should you should come on our skypes and uh you know our our, our youtube sessions where we're chatting about different topics of the day and faith issues Obviously, you should come by there. I mean, what else you got going on? I mean, it's not like you're a famous actor with lots of movies coming up and all this other stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you you have the time. You have the time. I mean, it just makes perfect sense. Don't listen to what all your marketing people tell you. Just don't listen to that. That's uh, that's part of that spiritual warfare where uh, spiritual warfare, Denzel. Just just come on the show. Just come, come on, on the show. That's all, that's all we're saying. Show. That yeah, is all we're fine. saying. Is that too much to ask, Billy? I, I mean, I don't it's think not. so. It's not. It's not. Denzel, you could do it. You could do on. it. You could do it. Don't <laughs> fight it. Don't fight it. Why Why say no when it feels so good to say yes? The great line from Tommy Boy, one of my favorites. So, <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that is, that is all the time we have for this episode uh, of the podcast. As always, uh, you can head on over to faithwire.com at CBN News. For more news from a Christian perspective. God bless. We will be back here uh, tomorrow. Again, our colleague Trey Gons Phillips will not be 
Uh, he is, I guess, enjoying hot chocolate and his Christmas sweaters in the snow still. Yeah, I've so, had enough of his enjoyment. Uh, yeah, me too. Me too. We'll be back tomorrow. God bless. See you then.